0: Somebody, if you know that the Lord, he is good and his mercy endureth forever. That ought to get you excited that the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Somebody just clap your hands all across this house. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Shout out to God with a voice of triumph. Somebody just lift up your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I just get excited when I begin to think about what all God has done for me. The Bible says when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I can't help but to give him praise. I can't help but to give him glory.
1: Somebody, if you know that God has been good to you. If you know God has redeemed you,
0: you want to lift your voice. You want to shout unto God like you already got the victory. You ought to shout like the healing's already on its way. Let's clap our hands one more time in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, it feels good to be in the house of the Lord on a Friday night at youth service. Amen. 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 I'm so glad that we have some guests here tonight. All the way from Bradenton. We have the Parkers and some people from their church. Come on, church, let's give it up. Yes. Amen. Amen. Man, we love you guys. When me and Naeem got the text, I just I got so excited. God is doing some incredible things. Amen, amen. I'd also like to welcome men's Bible study tonight. Come on, heat. Let's give it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Man, I'm just I'm just telling you, it feels good. I feel the electricity in this building. I feel so, I feel miracle working power in this building. Come on, somebody. If you feel what I feel. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I just get excited about revival. I get excited about what God's doing in this church. I'm getting excited about what God's doing in Florida. I'm getting excited about what God is doing. Come on, somebody, let's clap our hands one more time. And just lift up our voices to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! My God, I feel like we could just take off from here. Amen? Amen, amen. Y'all can make your way back to your seats. Yes, yes, Lord. Look at your neighbor, give him a high five and say, God is large and in charge. Look at your other neighbor and say, God is large and in charge. Amen, amen, amen. As you're making your way back to your seats, I have the privilege and the honor to introduce our speaker for tonight. How many of, how many of y'all just love Brother Trevor Sloss? Amen. Amen. As we like, as we like to call him, Reverend Trevor. Um, y'all, I love, I love, absolutely love Brother Trevor. He has such an anointing on his life. He has such a call of God on his life. You know, I was thinking about what to say and I thought about Psalm 1. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And the Bible says he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And if you can just tell by the fruit in Trevor's life, Trevor's doing something right, amen. 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 So, Trevor, whatever you want to do tonight, preach, teach, shout, you name it. We're we're behind you, Trevor. Come on, let's clap our hands one more time. As Brother Trevor comes. Come on, why don't we
1: give that to God right now? Oh, come on, somebody, why don't you give that to Jesus right now? If he woke you up this morning and started you on your way, you ought to give God a shout of praise. You ought to open your mouth and bless the name of the Lord. He's been too good to me for me to sit on the pew with my legs crossed, my arms crossed, and my eyes crossed. I can't help but to give God glory when i think about where i used to be where i could be and where i should be my hands start to clap my feet start to run my heart starts to rejoice. the lord has been too good to me
2: It amazes me the amount of people you see walk into this house or into just wherever, any other church, and they just sit back passive. They sit back like God's never done anything for them. You know what, if you, if you wake up the next morning and you wake up in your right mind, if you wake up with breath in your body,
1: if you woke up this morning, the fact that you're here today is enough reason to open your mouth and to give God glory. The fact, that you the fact that you aren't in an insane asylum That you aren't a drugged up That you're in your right mind You're thinking straight. That's enough to give God glory That's enough to give God praise I can't sit down I can't be quiet I can't be passive He's done too much for me Man.
2: Man, thank you, Jesus. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I love this place. I love being able
1: to come into his presence and lift up holy hands without wrath and doubt. I love being able to come to his house and worship the king of kings.
2: As you're making your way back to your seats, I count it an honor to be up here before you tonight. I want to thank Pastor Sforlaza for trusting me, whether he just didn't want to preach or not. (laughs) Um, If you know anything about sports, which think we should. But if you know anything about sports, there's usually a first and a second string. And then some sports, there's a third string. Where the first string, the guys that come out right out of the gate. then you got the second string, those are the guys that come out if somebody gets injured or want to take a break. And then the third string, those are the guys that almost never get to play. Call those guys bench warmers. That's me. <laughs> I'm a bench warmer. And I love warming the bench. <laughs> like to think that if God can use a donkey, he can use me. So, in Jesus' name. Um, believe it or not, I, I feel kind of like taking it a little bit slower tonight. It's really hard to, to come up with or to, to kind of speak on something, preach on something that reaches everybody in here. It's a little bit different when you have bigger service, when you have the whole church here. But when you got just kids, because kids are mean, man. Not you guys, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. You guys aren't mean. Other kids are mean. You guys are angels. But it's a little difficult sometimes to reach people, you guys know what I'm saying, completely different walks of life. So tonight we're going to try that with the help of the Holy Ghost. Let's all stand in this house let's all stand every young person <clears throat> we're going to go to the book of ephesians chapter 6 book of ephesians chapter number 6 beginning at verse number 10 this is the apostle paul one of the most notable probably the most notable apostle of the bible uh, speaking to church at Ephesus, and he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the tricks of the devil, the attacks of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. Now we get to see what the armor of God looks like, that ye may be may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able, or wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. <clears throat> um, I don't really have a title. Uh, I'm kind of cheating tonight. You'll see in a minute. But um, I really felt like uh, I was... Praying the other morning, and I really felt like this is kind of where um, God kind of wanted to talk to us tonight. I don't plan on being here long. I said that last time, and I went over like really long, but I really don't plan on being long today. I promise. We're going to be out. Give me like 20 minutes, okay? You can time me. Okay. Um, tonight, I just want to talk about Christian living. I just want to talk about Christian living, just something simple. So if you wouldn't mind just putting your Bibles down and let's lift our hands and ask God to meet us here tonight. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Pray that you would speak to your people tonight. God, use these lips of clay. Anoint this mind. Anoint these lips, Jesus, to speak your word. God, I pray that you would anoint every ear in this house. Anoint every mind and heart to receive your word, to be hearers and doers also of your word. Lord, I pray that your word would fall on good soil tonight. I pray that we would use it, mix it with faith. That it may be to the edifying of the body. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. We give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Thank you. So in this um, passage, the Apostle Paul describes a life, uh, well, not in this passage, but he describes the life that we live as a fight of faith. The good fight of faith. Now, I'm going to do my best to... Everybody's attention. <laughs> I know that's hard, but we're going to try it. The good fight of faith. If one is going to fight a proper battle, if one's going to fight properly, there are some precautions that you must take. In the physical realm, if we were to look at a military person, someone in the military, an army man, uh, navy man, airman, whatever you may, um, they don't just get there by happenstance. You you don't just wake up one day and see a hundred thousand soldiers. Uh, overnight just because. And they're out there fighting and they're, you know, being Rambo and throwing, I don't know, kicks and... It's not like the video games is what I'm trying to say. It's not like Call of Duty. It's not like Modern Warfare. It's not like any of that stuff. Um, that's a whole nother lesson <laughs> for another time. But they would spend weeks, they spend months training their bodies, getting their bodies in proper physical shape, getting their minds in proper, in proper shape because warfare is not an easy thing. Warfare is not a simple thing. Um, they never knew what would await them on the battlefield. Sometimes it would be a skirmish. Sometimes they would come up on a place and there would be, you know, 30 guys. and They would fight real quick and then everybody would walk away. Sometimes it would be a battle that would last months. and would be a battle, a war that would last years. And so they had to prepare themselves for the coming days ahead. It wasn't just something they could wake up one morning and just be like, my God, I'm ready to fight. You know what would happen if they got out there? Well, I'll go and talk to myself. If I got out there tonight and started fighting, it is no secret that I wouldn't be able to run very far. Uh, I wouldn't be able to keep up with a lot of people. Um, I'd make a fool of myself, and I'd probably get shot in the leg and have to be sent home the same day. And that would be just basic training. So takes time. It takes time for uh, for your, you to get your body in that physical shape. Just like it is in the physical, so it is in the spiritual. When you become a child of God, when you become uh it's, it's crazy to use this word because it's being taken out of context and everybody's using it now and it just doesn't mean much to people. But when you become a Christian, when you become a follower of Christ, you begin your journey. You begin a journey of that entails a fight. Uh, one song used to say, nobody told me the road would be easy. But I don't believe he brought me this. I don't know what that has to do with this song, but it's good. Um, No, I know. This road that we walk as believers, this road that we walk as Christians, as Christ followers, it's not an easy road. It's much easier than living in the world. I'll tell you that much. But it's not an easy road. It's not something you can just wake up every day and just kind of scoot on by. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. And so just like it is in the physical, so it is in the spiritual. And that's just kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, If you have any questions, write them down. And Pastor Svelazzo would love to help you afterwards. (laughs) Or Pastor Hammond. They both love taking questions. So write all of your questions down and see them right afterwards. Okay? Amen. So go ahead and put the, uh, the slide up there. Many of you are going to recognize this and you're going to, uh, I don't know, you're going to shoot me afterwards, but that's okay. Hey, where was that, uh, there it is. <laughs> so tonight we're going to talk about provisions for conquering the enemy. Can everybody see that little red dot up there? No, it's right there. Everybody see it? Okay. We already talked about spiritual armor, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more. If you're going to live for God, okay, if you want change, first of all, let me say this, if you haven't been, the first way that you become a follower of Christ, a Christian, as I hate the way this world uses that word, but a true Christian, a true follower of Christ, in order to become a believer, to be, you have to be born again. Acts 2 and 38, Peter looks at the, the people standing there that day and he says, repent. The first thing that you have to do is you've got to repent of your sins. Then he says, be baptized, every one of you. Not just a couple people. This isn't just meant for the spiritual elite or the people that God called from their mother's womb. This is for everyone. You must be baptized in the name. And it's important that it's in the name. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins with the promise that you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So before any of this... That has to be done. And if you want to know more, Pastor Hammond and Pastor Philaza would love to sit in a 12-week Bible study and walk you through that. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, spiritual armor. The first thing he tells them is loins girded with truth. Essentially, I like to think of it as a belt of truth. Now, I don't always need a belt. I'm just going to be honest with you. I got a little weight to me, <laughs> and my pants, they're not always tight, but they're not always loose. So I don't need a belt all the time. However, there are times that you do need a belt, and I know a lot of us here probably do. What, what does a belt do? It seems so simple, and it seems so like whatever. You not walk out of the house, forget your belt, and all of a sudden, all day, you're just walking around like this. You're trying to tuck your shirt in all day. What, what does a belt do? in your pants, right? Well, it keeps them up, right? It keeps your pants up. But what else does it do? It keeps your shirt down. I never thought of it like that. But it keeps your pants up and it keeps your shirt down. The belt is where everything meets. It's what holds everything in place. Before you do anything, before you put anything else on, you've got to understand that truth is the foundational thing. The truth of God's word, the truth of one God, the truth of the gospel message is what holds everything into place. So if you go through life and you don't understand the truth, again, see Pastor Verlaza and see Pastor Hammond. I'm actually being serious about that. I really am. Cuz they're your spiritual leaders right now. So see them if you need any if you have any questions, if you don't understand anything. But truth is what holds everything in place. It's important, it's imperative next thing he tells them is, let me make sure I'm getting this right. next thing he tells them is the breastplate of righteousness. Now, this is, let me just stop and say this. This right here is a depiction of what it would have looked like on a, a typical Roman soldier or a typical Grecian soldier um, in the time. This is kind of what they would look like. They would have had six things. And so the breastplate of righteousness is something, or just a breastplate, but he's telling us to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, when you think about a breastplate, it's something that you, you, you know, it sits right here. Well, think about what's behind that. What, what, what's in here? Your heart. What else is in here? Your lungs. You got Your liver. You have pretty much every important thing that you need for your body to function, right? And so he's telling them, uh, well, I I mean, what, what they would do is they would put that on and when an arrow would come or a sword would come, they might get hurt a little bit, but those vital organs were protected. Now, when you put on the breastplate of righteousness, one thing to understand is that it's not my righteousness, Because the Bible describes self-righteousness or my righteousness as filthy rags. Now I'm not going to get into what that means exactly but when you think of a rag that's been used and you try to put that on as a shield, it's going to get sliced right through, right? Pretty much. So we need to put on his righteousness. Because his righteousness will cause us to be able to walk in front of kings. Because we'll be clothed with the righteousness of God and we won't have to worry about our past. We won't have to worry about our, our, our past failures and mistakes because we're covered with His righteousness. What does it mean to be righteous? Or what does righteousness mean? The most simplest definition I could think of is it just means to be right. Break that word down all the way right. Right where? Right with who? Right with God having his righteousness, having a clear conscience, being able to, to, to stand before Satan and say, you know what, I was a sinner, I did make those mistakes, but now I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Um, the next thing he tells them to put on is, he tells them to cover their feet with the gospel of peace. Now... I kind of struggled with this one because it didn't make much sense. Covering your feet with the gospel of peace. I kinda, what does that mean? Well, when you, when, when you think about the gospel, the gospel message, Jesus told them to go. That involves getting up and going. That involves movement. That involves you to do something physical. Now, when you think about walking around or running, what do you think of? Feet. Right. So you need to make sure that your feet are covered with the gospel. You need to make sure that at any moment when God says go, Sister Mandy, at any moment, you're ready to go. Now, let me just stop and, and I forgot to say this on the outset, but this is something that you should be putting on every day. You should, be, you should be conscious of this every day because Satan doesn't take a day off. He doesn't have any off days. He doesn't take any vacations and say, you know what, I'm going to let Pastor Hammond be for the weekend. I'm going to let him have his little time off. He can go with his family. No, 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 no. Even on vacation. When you take taking vacation, he's going to be there. And you got to be ready at all times. You know who else is going to be there? Jesus is going to be there. So you got to be ready at all times to take the gospel. One of the ways uh, I like to look at it is um, in battle, sometimes they would be given a command on a dime. And they had to go. If their feet were messed up, if their feet were broken, if their feet had, had whatever you, whatever you th- can uh, think of, uh, uh, an arrow through it or whatever, they wouldn't be able to move. They were immobilized. And so they had to protect them. You guys are glossing over. I'm going to try and bring it all back. He said, Above all, take the shield of faith. The Bible says that every man is given the measure of faith. Everybody's got a shield of faith. It just matters if you're going to use it or not. Taking the shield of faith that you may may be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. What would happen is is they would take an arrow. Everybody knows what a bow and arrow is, right? Bow and arrow. Stuff they used back in the fourteen hundreds. They would take the the arrow, and at the end of the tip, they would put uh, they'd put a lead like piece of lead on it. And as it was flying through the air, I don't want to get all technical, but the friction in the air would cause that to light on fire. And so as it was traveling through the air, it would hit the person. When it hit the person, they'd be on fire. Or if it hit something flammable, it would burst into flame. So what they would do is. There was a couple different ways they did it, but one of the ways is that they would take uh, a metal lining and they would put the metal lining on their shield, and the 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 the, the arrow would be quenched by that. Me- uh, I can't speak by that metal, or it just kind of would bounce off, depending on how strong the arrows were. But another way, and this is really what a lot of times they did, is they would take that that shield and they would coat it with oil. They would coat it with oil every morning so that Once the arrow hit the oil, it would kind of just evaporate. The fire would go away. The fire would be quenched. And so your faith, your faith needs to be mixed with the spirit of God. Your faith needs to be mixed with the Holy Ghost. Every day you should wake up and you should pray until you pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, I find it difficult sometimes to pray in the morning. I'm not going to lie. It is hard. But as long as you are praying, as long as you make time in your day to pray, and we're going to get to that because that's important. But as long as you make time in your day to pray and to to coat your shield with oil, when the devil comes at you throughout the day and says you're not good enough or he tries to tempt you to do certain things or whatever it may be, you can put that shield of faith up. And those fiery darts will be quenched as soon as they hit. Amen. Let's move on. We're getting tired. Um, the l- okay. Then he says the helmet of salvation. Now, this seems pretty ex- self-explanatory. And truly it is. What does the helmet protect? Your head. What's in your head? For some of us. Not all of us. It protects your brain. Did you know you can't live without your brain? Some people do. It's impossible. I don't know how they do it, but some people do. You can't live without your brain. If your head gets chopped off, KO, knockout. <laughs> You're done. Finito. Um, salvation. You need to make sure that your mind, because you know what? The devil won't attack you physically all the time. A lot of times he'll come in your mind. Actually, that's, that's typically where he comes. He'll come and he'll attack your mind and he'll, he'll get into your thought life and he'll try, to, he'll try to put seeds of doubt in there. But if you've got this helmet, helmet of salvation, the, the, the assurance, the Bible says to make your calling and your election sure. When you have that assurance on your head that I know I'm saved, that I know the salvation plan and I, I know that I'm making it to heaven, those seeds of doubt just mean nothing. They, they just go away because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I've got salvation. Um, and the last thing he says, he says, take with you the sword of the spirit. Now, for all of you seasoned Bible saint, or Bible scholars, I understand that you can teach an entire lesson on each one of these. I'm doing my best to shorten it. <laughs> so, Brother Michael, I'm sorry. Sword of the spirit. He tells them, take with you the sword of the spirit. Now, it's interesting to note that, well, what does a sword do? What is a sword meant to do? It's meant to to fight. That's right. Ultimately, it's meant to kill. It's meant to kill. It's meant to stab. It's meant to slice. Just like the word of God is meant to do. When, when the enemy comes up against you, when you're feeling attacked from the devil, you need to take that sword. What is the sword? The sword is the word of God. Now, if you don't know the word of God, then you can't use the sword. You can't use the word of God. And so that's kind of what I, where I want to jump into next is in order for you to have Oh, I just realized. How'd you do that? That's pretty cool. There you go. Yeah, whatever's easiest. In order for you to hold all this armor up, could you imagine how heavy that is? Very heavy. Yes, I like her. Very heavy. This is not easy to hold up. And let me tell you, they weren't given this the first day either. They had to prepare physically. Can I say it, we have to prepare spiritually. If you're going to uphold this armor, if you're going to walk around looking all cool and and tidy and put together and telling everybody the gospel and giving everybody a word of encouragement and wielding the the, the sword of the spirit and using the shield of faith, you got to make sure that you, you can hold all that stuff up. All too often we like to skip this right here. Lord knows I need that right there. My God. Prayer, developing a relationship with the king. If you are going to be a child of the king, what kind of child doesn't talk to their parents? Unfortunately, it's becoming a lot more common today where our parents, we, our parents are just no more than, I don't know, providers. A lot of times that's how we can look at God as simply a provider. Never have any communication with him. Never talk to him. He's nothing more than just, hey, God, I need this. Or, hey, God, can you help me out with that. He's interested in a relationship with every single one of you. He's interested in in a communication. He's interested in something more than just Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Even though it's a lot of nights, there's a lot of days in between there as well. There's a lot of time in between those services that we could be spending time with him. And so prayer, what is prayer? What is prayer? I was taught prayer is simply communicating with God. You can pray just like you talk to somebody else. That Hey, hey, hey brothers, uh, Pastor Swazza, how you doing? Let me tell you about my day. You know, this happened, that happened. I uh, fell off my tricycle, scraped my knee. I'm all good though. Um, How's your day? Good. Great conversation that was a terrible conversation but conversation is is what prayer is it's communication with god i hate i absolutely i can't say hate can i say hate hate's a really strong word i strongly dislike having conversations with people where it's completely one sided whether whether let me clarify whether it's me trying to stir the conversation or them not being quiet and I'm I'm pointing in this direction because I'm talking to him. I'm not talking about him specifically. Pastor Flaza loves to talk, but he also likes to listen. I can't stand it. It gets on my ever-loving nerves. To 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 sit there and and all I'm doing is this. Yeah. hmm Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever pulled that one, call me, somebody call me so I can get out of this. Call me. Or the opposite where you sit there and you're, you're maybe, you're. yeah, I know, it's pretty funny, isn't it. When you're on the way to, I don't know, when you're picking somebody up. If you, if you do van route, you know this. You, you pick up somebody and you're just sitting in the car, just So, how was your day? Good. What would you do today? Nothing. 30 minutes later, you got any friends? <laughs> no, not really. I can tell. <laughs> Communication within a relationship is absolutely vital. I can't call somebody. I can't, I can't say that she's my, Morgan is my wife and that I love her if I don't talk to her. How, how can I say that I love her or that she's my best friend if I know nothing about her? How can I say that me and Isaac are friends if I never sit down and have a conversation with him? Who here has a best friend that you don't talk to, never talk to? Y'all are, I'm going to use modern language, y'all capping big time. The cap is real. Y'all know, no, good and well that y'all can't stay off FaceTime with, with, with whoever it is. Tell me y'all, if y'all look at y'all FaceTime, law, y'all got 30 different FaceTimes within an hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to leave that there. Communication is key. If you're going to live for God, you've got to know the God that you serve. One of the scariest scriptures I've ever read in the Bible is where he says, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. They say, but Lord, we cast out devils in your name. We preached in your name. We we healed the sick in your name. They understood the importance of the name. And yet he looked at them and said, I don't know who you are. Could it be that they never established a relationship with God? Could it be that they were on a need basis relationship? Could it be that it was only one of those things where if I need you, I'll contact you. If I need I'll hit you up if I need you, God. But for right now, I'm good. I'm Gucci. That's not my favorite word. Okay, let's move on. Fasting. They might know what fasting is. What's fasting? <laughs> brother, if, <laughs> Woo! Lord, help us. That you got the gist of it, yes. It doesn't have to be seven days, does it? Oh, God, if it has to be seven days, then <laughs> I, I am living way beneath what I'm supposed to. <laughs> yes, it's not, it's not eating, but you can fast from a lot of things. You can fast from social media, which I encourage everyone to do. Forever. No, not forever. Uh, you can fast from, I've, I, I've known people, I don't know if it's biblical, but I've known people to fast from coffee. Because it's denying the flesh. What is the flesh like? Who likes to eat? Don't you lie. You better not. I, every hand ought to be up in this room. Well, other than the ones that are sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, you can put your hands down. Everybody in here likes to eat. Some of us like to eat more than others. Some of us don't eat that much at all. I don't know how you survive, but more power to you. People like to juice. What kind of mess? (laughs) I'll take some juice with my bacon and eggs. (laughs) Um, Fasting is denying the flesh. I've heard it said the closest way or the, the... the quickest way you can get God to move in your situation, the quickest way you can get a response from God is when you deny the flesh and you draw closer to him. Because when you tell the flesh, you know what, I'm not going to do that for a couple days. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to drink that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. And I'm just going to take that time that I would do that and I'm just going to give that to God. If we looked at our phones, most of us have iPhones If you look at your phone and you look at the screen time, how much of it is spent on Instagram? I'm calling myself out. Lord, I know. You're speaking to me, Jesus. That's why I had to get off Instagram. I'm still working on a couple things. My wife knows. I'm getting there. But if you went through the screen time and you looked at how much time we spend on, I don't know, TikTok. Mm Mm-hmm. I see people doing dances right now. Get out of here. If we looked at how much time we spent on TikTok, it would be in, it'd be crazy. It would be insane, the amount of time that we spend on these apps and on our phone in general. When's the last time that you decided to, when you took that TikTok, you put it away and you said, you know what, for, forget, forget spirituality for a second. When's the last time you put that away and said, I'm going to go read a book. By choice. Because your teacher said you had to. When's the last time you said, you know, I'm going to go put that down for a minute and I'm going to read my Bible. Or I'm going to talk to God for a little bit. When's the last time you did that? You know, I encourage some of us in here to, to take a fast from, from our phones, from social media and from, those, from distractions. That's all they are. Distractions. When you fast, you are getting closer to God. And that is is one of the ways that your spiritual man will grow. And your spiritual man will be able to hold up that armor. And you'll be able to be everything God's called you to be. Musicians, you can go ahead and come up. Look at that. Oh, I went a little longer. I'm sorry. The last thing on this list is Bible study and meditation. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't think that word meditation is really referring to like could be. I'm not sure. I didn't do my research. I'm sorry. Um, but Bible study. It's important as a Christian, as a believer, to crack that Bible open every once in a while. Some of us got Bibles that's been on the shelf for 40 years. Not literally, but you know. Bought a Bible to bring to church every once in a while never use it afterwards. <laughs> Some of us got... Someone's got twelve Bibles. (coughs) I'm just kidding. But it's important, not just important; it's vital. It's it's like food to the soul. Imagine going a year. Okay, imagine it for me, with me. Imagine going a year and not eating. Not not eating at all. Think about it. Some of us haven't eaten in three hours and we're starving. She said, me. <laughs> Some of us go 30 minutes and we're like, I need something. I need a granola bar. I need a piece of fruit. Piece- I, don't, I don't ever say piece of fruit. You can tell, but you know. I need gummy bears. I need something. You wouldn't dream. You wouldn't dream of going an entire year without eating something. And yet, that's how we treat this. It's how we treat this sometimes. Go a whole year, never crack it open. We can go ahead and stand. last thing I wanted to talk about, it's probably a little more serious, um, not anything crazy. But when I, when I began to look at this, I don't know how this is going to tie in, but when I began to look at this and kind of and study this past couple days, I really felt like God kind of dropped something in my spirit. Yeah, it wasn't that. That was close though. Is that confirmation? Oh, must have been confirmation right there. must have been. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Brother Judah, for following the Holy Ghost. I felt like God kind of dropped something in my spirit when I was talking about this. This is from, if you don't know, this is from a Bible study chart. And for those of us that don't know what a Bible study chart is, it's simply something that we use to teach a personal one-on-one Bible study with someone. Typically, it's a new convert, someone that's never known anything about the Bible, someone that doesn't necessarily have church history or background. But I was praying, I was praying this morning and, and God kind of dropped this, this phrase into my mind. It's really simple. And you, I don't expect there to be any wow factor. But to me, it was really profound and, and it kind of broke me. I just felt like God kind of said, the church stops growing When we stop producing. God's already promised to harvest. I'm talking to some of our our older teens here. Some of you that have been in church for a little bit. You know the Bible probably better than some of us up here. Talking to some of us, I don't want to say adults, but some of us are getting to that age. <clears throat> I, used to th- I used to never understand as a young person growing up why people would walk away. I never used to understand why we would have this influx of kids. We'd have all these teens come in. I'm talking like 10 years ago. I have a bunch of kids my age and it was the coolest thing ever. And then three weeks later didn't see him anymore. They just started falling off one by one. And it was always like, man, why is it Why is it that, you know, we get a bunch of people in here and then a couple of weeks later, they're all gone. And he used to just chalk it up to, well, you know, I guess people got to get it for themselves. Or I guess, you know, they weren't serious enough. Yes, they didn't they didn't they didn't they didn't understand they didn't understand the importance and that's really what it boils down to right there how many know that god's called you everybody say god's called me to win the lost i used to make excuses Man, I'm just not old enough. I know what that sounds like. I know what that feels like. Or why would I do it when there's so many other people that are better than me? Or here's a big one. I'm not perfect. I still, I still struggle with stuff. I got some issues on my, in my heart that I'm still dealing with so I don't want to do that. I can't. I can't touch that. I can't. I can't teach somebody Bible study when, when I'm struggling with this. <clears throat> now, don't take me the wrong way. I don't. I don't mean that. You deliberately sinning and being disobedient to God. Just because you're doing that means that you should be teaching Bible studies. If you're in rebellion and you're, you're outright sinning, you should probably sit down and get it right with God. But if you're struggling, you're trying to get over something and you're taking it to the altar and God's working on you, your man of God comes to you and say, hey, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? It should never be a question of whether or not you're able to or whether God still loves you. Or I don't even know. God can use you with your brokenness. As a matter of fact, God loves to use broken people. We're all in the process of becoming, becoming everything that God's called us to be. If God decided, if God didn't want to use broken people, we would have never heard the gospel message. Peter would have never been there on the day of Pentecost. Paul would have never become an apostle. Did you know that even during Paul's ministry, while he was writing the books, he had struggles? He had issues. He had problems with other people in the church. Yeah, people don't, people don't know that. I think Paul was a super saint. A man's prayed every single day for 14 hours. That's all he did. Paul had issues. Paul had struggles, and yet God still used him with those struggles and with those issues. Can I just tell you tonight that nothing that you can say or do, young people... I'm talking to church kids right now. I'm talking to kids that you guys, you guys are old enough. Look around. Take a moment. Seriously, look around. How many of these people, young people are in a, a Bible study? How, how many of these young people have you personally sat down with? I'm not talking Sunday school. I'm not talking Friday night youth. I'm talking about Sunday after church. I'm talking about other times throughout the week. I know some of us don't have cars and all that, but some of us do. Some of us have transportation. That phone. Everybody's got a phone nowadays. When's the last time you, you, you picked up one of these young girls? And you took them window shopping. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be a pastor or anything. That's all you. But it is a burden of mine. Because unless we start producing, unless we start doing everything that we can, the vision dies. Imagine the, the rate that some of us are going right now. In five years... Where will you be? At the rate you're going now, with the same excuses you're making now, the same thought process you're having right now, where will you be in five years? Five years comes like that. Don't put off today what you, don't put off till tomorrow what you can start today. You know when the best time to plant a tree is? Right now. And in 20 years, you know where that tree is going to be? It's going to be way up in the sky. Strong and sturdy. But imagine 20 years from now, you had the idea to plant that seed. You had the idea to plant that tree. To start doing something for God. To start teaching the Bible study. you never did. It's 20 years wasted. Don't waste your youth. Don't make the same mistakes that, that countless of other people in here have made, that I've made. I remember sitting on a pew. I remember being a, I, I am a church kid. I remember growing up and going to every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night. We had a clean day. I was there. Thursday night prayer, I was there. Friday night youth, I was there. We had outreach on Sunday afternoons. I went to that too. Saturday outreach. I was there. I was at the church pretty much every day. Right? Pretty much every day I was there. But I didn't do anything. I just sat there and I just absorbed. I just got fat in the spirit lazy and just let everybody else do the work Now I'm not saying as eight years old you should be teaching 400 Bible studies a year but even at 15, 16 years old I wasn't producing anything. I'm being real tonight being very vulnerable 15, 16, 17, 18. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing half of what I could have done for the kingdom. I looked the part. I definitely looked the part. I wore the right tie. I wore the right, the right shirt. The suits looked decent. Decent. I went to the conferences. I had all the friends. I had the contact book. I had the Instagram profile. My DMs was popping, as some would say. But looking the part and actually being, doing the part, two different things. So I challenge you tonight. This is the challenge. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm not trying to make anybody weep and cry on the altar. If that's how you feel, then go ahead and do what you got to do. But I challenge you tonight, seriously, to take it serious. To take it seriously. When I think about all the people that wrapped their arms around me as a young person, all of the influences that I had as a young person, to think that I grew up and I never reciprocated that. And I just let all these young people walk in here and walk right back out of the door, never knowing the love of God. What does that say about me? What does that say about the, 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 the type of person that I am, that I can accept all the love in the world and the support from all of my peers and all of the, these men of God that love me and all of my elders and all the time they put in me through years of Sunday school. The years of Sunday school that I had, the years of youth that I had. And I turn around, we're getting there, 20, 21, 22, 19, 23 years old. Never once did I take the time to wrap my arms around one of these kids. I want you to think about it. I really do. These altars are open tonight. If you want to come down to the front, we're not going to make this a huge deal. But if you want to come down to the front, I encourage you to actually think about it. To take it seriously. God's called each and every one of you. God has a specific purpose for each and every one of you. I think it's time we start walking in it. The end is coming way too soon. God's coming back for a church. And what would happen if he comes back and says, hey, what did you do with the talents that I gave you? What did you do with that freedom that I gave you? What did you do with that knowledge that I gave you? Wouldn't it be a shame if we look back at him and he said, I I, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't do much with it. I'm done I'm done tonight so if you're if you're looking for something special it's not happening. But if you feel challenged in this house, if you feel a call to greater, if you feel a call to do more, I implore you to lift your hands. I implore you to talk to God and, and ask him to strengthen you ask him to equip you, Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what.